Welcome to a new podcast series from the High Tech Center. We are a National Training and Technical Assistance Center developed and operated by John Snow, Inc. and Westat to support health centers to fully optimize their electronic health record and health IT systems. In this series, we will highlight people and teams doing innovative work supporting health centers recover from the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic and how the promise of digital and health IT tools can help our patients in health centers. I'm Emma Ansara, Clinical Advisor for the High Tech Center. In this episode, we discuss the value of e-consult, and you have the chance to listen in on a conversation between High Tech's Training and Technical Assistance Advisor, Natalie Truesdell, and Dr. Darren Anderson, President and Founder of ConfirmEd. They'll be talking about an e-consult service developed specifically with community health center patients and providers in mind. When I left my NP training in San Francisco and began practicing in rural Maine, similar to what Dr. Anderson describes, I found significant barriers preventing my patients from accessing specialty care. I didn't have the benefit of participating in ConfirmEd, the program Dr. Anderson describes in this podcast, but I did greatly benefit from e-consult services that were offered by infectious disease specialists pediatric specialty services, dermatology, and rheumatology that were offered by the large hospital systems in Maine. These programs and resources helped my patients take advantage of beneficial specialty care without traveling hours to and from appointments. These relationships also helped my patients jump in line for care. In rural states like Maine, specialty services are limited for all patients, and these effects can be even greater felt for health center patients. There is another benefit of e-consults, something that Dr. Anderson mentions implicitly, but I believe needs to be said outright. I learned how to be a better primary care provider through e-consults. My clinical skills continue to improve based on the communication that unfolded as part of the information and consultancy exchanges. This meant better care for my patients, but also helped to expand my professional network and made me feel I was part of a community of like-minded professionals, all interested in the same outcome improved quality of care for our patients. This sense of belonging, of collegial support is one of many elements necessary for reducing turnover and a strategy especially important for rural providers who may not have as robust a community of support. The conversation you're about to hear covers a wide range of considerations about e-consults, everything from their value to patients and providers, the impacts of COVID and possibilities for value-based payment reform and culturally congruent care. I hope you enjoy this conversation between Natalie and Dr. Anderson as much as I did, and I look forward to your thoughts. My name is Natalie Truesdell, and I am the Training and Technical Assistant Advisor for the High Tech Center. And today we are very pleased to have our guest, Dr. Darren Anderson, to talk to us about the value of telehealth and e-consults and how his team at ConfirmEd has created a national network of specialists that provide e-consults and other telehealth services to providers across the country. Dr. Anderson is the director of ConfirmEd and a general internist and primary care provider. He's worked in safety net practices for his entire career, and he's published several articles in medical journals, including Health Affairs, and also a graduate of Harvard College and Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. We have a lot to discuss today about the value of e-consults and how telehealth continues to help with access to care. And we're interested in learning how e-consults can help health centers tackle um, some of the challenges they have in the environment we're living in now and looking towards the future. So Dr. Anderson, thank you so much and welcome today. Natalie, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to have a chance to talk with you and to talk to the uh, community health center community about this problem. So I'm looking forward to uh, sharing some of the work that we've been doing. 
Wonderful. Well, we'd love to start by just hearing a little bit about you. If you could tell us about your career trajectory a little bit and how you have come to start working with community health centers and focus um, on health centers and specialty access. Great. No, I think my, my career and kind of my story, uh, the path that I followed in large measure illustrates, I think, sort of why ConfirmEd came about and how in that I, I started out as a full-time uh, primary care provider working in an FQHC. I was in the National Health Service Corps initially. And you know, I, I, I did my residency at Yelna Haven Hospital, and I only moved about 15 miles north when I started to work at the Community Health Center in New Britain, Connecticut. And I had been used to regularly and routinely being able to converse with colleagues in any manner of specialties, from plastic surgeons to cardiologists, to get consults for my patients when I needed them. And when I, when I left residency and uh, went on to the community health center, it was as if I had moved to a different country or a different part of the country. Uh, all of a sudden, that regular access to specialty expertise and uh, you know, collegial conversations about challenging cases uh, was cut off. And you know, it took me several years to realize exactly what was happening. But, I, but what was happening was that the supply of specialists willing and able to see patients either without insurance or with Medicaid was far less than the demand that I and my colleagues had in, uh, in primary care. And so uh, I progressed from a new excited um, uh, primary care provider working in the community health center, I think, to a frustrated provider. And, and, and part of my frustration was that we have in the state of Connecticut academic medical centers, uh, we had three within a 10 to 20 mile radius. And you know, it's not a rural state. And yet, despite that fact, uh, we had a, sometimes a nine to 12 month wait to get patients in to see certain specialties like orthopedics or dermatology. So subsequent to that, I took on a, in, in succession several different administrative roles. I was the chief medical officer for the health center uh, and uh, in 2010 started leading our Weitzman Institute, which was a research center uh, focused on research and policy uh, to address some of the more critical issues uh, faced by primary care practice for the underserved. And that was what really gave me the opportunity to design a series of studies looking at, at a variety of issues, but this one in particular solutions to address the lack of access to specialty care. And you know, what we were able, what, what we found as we researched this problem is that, you know, the community health center movement has resulted in a very strong backbone of primary care practices uh, across the country. The uh, FQHC spread in all 50 states uh, cover a significant percentage of patients uh, across the country, and they're able to provide really good quality care in, uh, for primary medical care, in most cases, behavioral health and dental. Uh, but we were finding increasingly that that care runs into a brick wall when a specialist is needed. And so we uh, designed a series of studies to look at this tool that's come to be known as e-consults. Uh, and we're able to show, uh, and I think we've published about seven papers now from that original research, first showing that if you can connect a primary care provider and a specialist electronically and allow them to communicate back and forth about specific cases that may have a specialty need, you can go a long way towards resolving and, and uh, determining the appropriate uh, course of care for that patient, many times without the need for a face-to-face -face visit. And our first publication showed that it worked, that it was effective, that it reduced uh, access challenges, Subsequent papers working with our state Medicaid agency showed that in addition, uh, it saved money, it improved uh, network adequacy, uh, and had a lot of other beneficial effects uh, in, uh, in a variety of different specialties that we studied. Uh, so based on that work, uh, we were able to obtain a grant that allowed us to start 
expanding what we were doing in Connecticut to other states. We started in New England, started working with a health center in Maine, and soon added several others as part of that grant. And by 2015, decided to create a nonprofit called ConfirmEd to take what we had learned and spread it to FQHCs around the country. And that really brings us up to the present, where we've named ourselves ConfirmEd. We are serving uh, FQHCs in about 26 states now, and uh, building specialty networks and designing digital access for those practices, rural, urban, large, small, and uh, we can get into the details a little bit later. But that's kind of a long-winded explanation of how I ended up from a full-time provider to leading ConfirmEd, but it all fits together, at least in my mind. Yeah, great. It's nice to hear the story of someone who was able to step outside of those frustrations in their daily work environment and come up with a, a solution. So I'm wondering if you can just tell folks that maybe aren't familiar with, you know, what eConsult is and how it might be different from other types of telehealth, what it what it looks like and the experience for the patient and provider. I think the key distinction, most of the time when people think of telehealth, they imagine, you know, essentially a clinical version of FaceTime or something where you're, where you're talking live, there's a patient on the screen and there's a provider on the screen and they're you know, providing medical care in the, in the traditional sort of telehealth way we think of it. E-consult is not that. Uh, it is a type of telehealth, but the key distinction is, is that the e-consults are asynchronous. So there's an exchange, it's a digital secure exchange of data from the primary care provider to the specialist and back, uh, but it's not live and it's not in real time. And that's a really key element of e-consults in that it makes it infinitely scalable. When you have to coordinate a live visit, you know, even a live discussion between, you know, like a curbside between a specialist and a primary care provider, whether it's by phone or, or by Zoom, or when you need to coordinate a visit with a patient and a specialist, there's, there's a lot of coordination involved in it and it takes a significant amount of time. E-consults being asynchronous allows you to route a variety of consults to different specialists. They review them. Uh, in, in our case, uh, most of them are turned around uh, same day or, or next day uh, and a consult note goes back to the primary care provider. But the whole idea is to work out electronically and digitally through asynchronous communication as much as one can uh, related to the patient's care and decisions can be made about, does this person need a visit? Uh, what's the appropriate treatment? What workup should I pursue? And that allows us to focus the limited face-to-face -face resources we have on those patients that really need it. And every primary care provider that you speak with in an FKUHC or anywhere will tell you Often, when I send someone to a specialist, I probably don't need the patient to go there. I probably could work out what I need by talking to them, by communicating with them, by working with them, even asynchronously using an e-consult to figure out the most appropriate next step. And that's really what e-consults are intended to do. We're not solving the whole problem of access, but we're focusing on the chunk that we can solve uh, with a simple, scalable tool like e-consults. Thank you. That that's helpful. And you know, you mentioned in your explanation that nine to ten months was kind of the wait time, even in a kind of dense area with a lot of healthcare resources. What are you seeing in terms of that response time for patients to get their needs met with especially consult in place? And so we've done a lot of studies to look at that. You know, what, what we've been able to show in in varies by specialty, uh, but you can reduce by you know, anywhere from 20 to 40, even 45%, the number of face-to-face -face consults that you need to, to send out by specialty. Uh, for those consults, the, the wait time still varies. And you know, in some, some of our rural locations, they're still waiting nine, sometimes 12 months or more to get those patients in. But by taking that other, you know, upwards of half of the consults and being able to provide them with an e-consult, you can get the patients the care that they need within one to maybe two days maximum. And that's really how we 
reduce that wait time. It's by doing the ones we can do asynchronously quickly, getting the answer back in the hands of the PCP and their team to implement the plan um, and reserving those that need a face-to-face, -face, the limited resources to, to provide face-to-face -face for those that need it. And we also see that often it's easier to get someone in to see a specialist face-to-face -face if an e-consult has been done first, uh, because now the specialist and the specialty group has the reassurance that uh, a specialist looked at this, they made some recommendations, but they really felt this needed you know, a biopsy or a scope or something like that. And so a lot of our um, FQHC partners will say that if we do an e-consult first, it makes it a lot easier to get a face-to-face -face visit. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, health centers obviously, uh, as you mentioned in your introduction, face their patients face even higher barriers to specialty access than those seen in hospital-affiliated practice or some private practices. We'd love to just talk a little bit more about what the, the value is in the health center context for health center patients specifically. Can you just talk kind of broadly how you see this fitting into you know, the health center mission and the challenges health centers face um, in meeting the needs of their patients? Yeah, I think um, health centers have done an amazing job providing really high quality, community-based, patient-centered primary care. And to me, e-consults fits into that perfectly. Uh, what an e-consult does, it has, it has a couple of benefits. Uh, certainly by having your primary care providers closely linked electronically with specialists, uh, it gets them access to the information they need so they can provide that patient-centered community-based care for as much as possible within their scope. I like to describe it as maybe not expanding your scope, but helping we primary care providers to be more comfortable in the full scope of primary care. There's an awful lot of times you may see something on an EKG or you're looking at a rash. You're pretty confident that it's something you can manage, but being able to get a consult from a specialist gives you that extra assurance that you're, that you're, you're managing it correctly. And it allows us to provide full scope of primary care within the community health centers. And so, you know, I think that's one of the benefits. The, the second benefit, uh, and this was really the one we were initially trying to, uh, to address, the problem we were trying to tackle was lack of access. It is really challenging to manage patients who need specialists when you can't get them or when you're waiting an extended period of time. And I, I, I used to describe the, the position of the referral coordinator as, as one of sort of the un, unsung heroes and probably most challenging roles in the health center world is that poor person or group of people whose job it is to get patients access to specialty care. I start many of my presentations with an email from one of my referral coordinators, just outlining all of the difficulty that she had been having getting one of my patients in to be seen. They love e-consults because this reduces the number of times that they have to do that. And so it directly um, helps the entire, not just the provider, but the entire team that's struggling with this issue of specialty access. But the third benefit that we're seeing increasingly is health centers and are starting to engage in some interesting new payment models. Advanced payment models really started outside the health center world, but many managed Medicaid managed care plans and state Medicaid plans are starting to introduce value-based and even some risk-sharing arrangements. Um, and I, I've always thought that was fascinating, but it also presents a challenge to an FQHC because FQHCs are pretty darn efficient as they already. Uh, we, we've, our entire life has been spent focused on how to provide efficient care at low cost to patients who have limited means to pay and, and insurance that tends to reimburse at the low end of the, of the spectrum. So as a primary care practice looking to take on perhaps uh, new advanced payment models uh, with, with Medicaid or others, there aren't that many levers to pull to improve efficiency, to, share, to, to reduce cost, to, to, to create more savings to share. 
But the most expensive thing that we do do as primary care providers uh, in FQHCs is send patients out of the FQHC into the specialty world, into the hospital system or the specialty care where MRIs and often non-generic meds, expensive, biologically, all that kind of stuff tends to happen. And with an intervention like eConsult that's designed to keep more patients in primary care and send few of them out to the specialty world, if you will, uh, is one of the effective tools to help to help save money and to help primary care practices, FQHCs benefit from those types of payment models. So the original driver was to solve access issues. And what we're finding is that we're also providing benefits to those health centers that are looking to take advantage of some of these new payment models. Absolutely. And I know, you know, I, I think we're, we're on the precipice of new discussions on value-based care as we come out of COVID and kind of reorient ourselves. So I'm sure that's only going to become more important. So, you know, Confirmed is not the only e-consult service out there today. If you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, how you designed Confirmed and why you designed it that way in, in terms of it being a, a really successful tool for health centers. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's lots of ways to deliver an e-consult and many sort of health systems, hospital systems kind of do it internally, do it by email. Some people I know um, off, off the grid kind of email their colleague from residency. I mean, any system that connects a primary care provider and a, special, and a specialist and allows them to communicate securely, essentially it could be classified as an, e, as an e-consult. Uh, and as you mentioned, there are other vendors that are that are doing this with very nice platforms and and uh, delivering you know super super consult services. What we did that was different. We learned a lot from our research when we first got started, and we learned that really to um, that we learned something we probably should have known uh, that uh, and that is that primary care practices and providers uh, have uh, varied views on change. Uh, that implementing something new and different is challenging, uh, and the most effective way to uh, help primary care practices and providers use this tool, you know, as much as possible and as effectively as possible, you have to make the process as easy as possible for them to do. If you go in with a new intervention and uh, have, you know, lots of new training that needs to happen, new IT tools, new websites that you have to visit, things like that, uh, you're, you're going to get very limited uptake only from your most excited, enthusiastic early adopters, and so. Uh, we were a team of primary care providers and practice administrators. And so we went in and said, all right, how can we build this and take advantage of what's already being done and make it so easy that uh, for the providers to use that they really don't have to do anything different. They can stay in their EHR. They can refer to us out of their EHR. Um, and th that really led us to create a fairly flexible approach. Uh, in terms of how we connect. We have some small practices with limited means that are sending us uh, digital faxes. Uh, and we receive that fax, we ingest it and turn it into an e-consult and put it in front of our specialist. We have others with whom we're linking with their Epic uh, e-consult system using something called Epicure Link uh, to allow our team to go in and extract what we need. We, have a, we, we basically created a whole range of interoperability solutions so that we can meet the health centers and the providers where they are. But the fundamental uh, uh, core of that has been to, to not re-engineer their referral process or require them to do a lot of different things. Because when you do that, it makes it less likely that there'll be uptake in utilization. So simplicity has been the key. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the main thing. The other thing that's been very different about how we create a confirmant uh, is we knew that, that we were going to need stable uh, source of payment and that it would have to come from the payers. 
So most of our growth around the country has been in close partnership with Medicaid managed care uh, and other payers, in some cases, grant funders who have stepped forward and really helped to promote uh, e-consults. And uh, we, we go in many cases, hand in hand with those, with those payers to introduce the service. They cover the services and we've built a whole infrastructure to be able to get reimbursed by payers directly through claim submission, uh, invoicing in a variety of, uh, of ways. Uh, so oftentimes uh, where there's uh, significant Medicaid managed care, uh, we're able to go to a health center and essentially offer the e-consults for free covered by their payers. Thank you. And, you know, it's, it is, it seems like a revolutionary way to kind of address some of these issues um, that Halster has been facing a long time. You know, in addition to thinking about the, the practice experience, um, and it sounds like you guys have really thought about how we customize um, the experience and give flexibility to practices based on what their needs are. If you could, we could go back to the topic of just the patient experience um, and talk a little bit about that. And obviously equity is on everyone's mind and reducing disparities. What are your thoughts in terms of how eConsult support those goals um, for you know, improving patient experience, improving equity? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked that question because it's so, so two, two parts to it. Um, it. There's no question that there's, there's evidence in the literature to support the fact that limited access to specialty care is one of the drivers of healthcare inequality. Uh, I think health centers have gone a long way to, uh, to mitigate the inequality in the healthcare system, not, not all the way, but certainly make a difference. Uh, being able to get culturally, linguistically appropriate care in your community uh, has had a, has had a you know, substantial impact, uh, particularly um, on, uh, on marginalized groups, on uh, members of ethnic and racial uh, minorities and such. Uh, but if your specialty environment is not also you know, in a similar vein, and you're struggling to get access to specialty care, that lack of access uh, simply worsens uh, the inequality uh, in, in care. And so by being able to reduce that and to expand what can be done in the primary care, we're directly reducing uh, inequality uh, in healthcare. Uh, and I think that's, um, you know, we, we've done a series of studies um, to sort of show uh, what, the re what the reduction in, in lack of access is when you implement an e-consult platform. But, we, but we're doing a study right now to ask the second part of your question, which is uh, what, uh, what do patients think about this? Uh, and what is the patient experience? And it's too soon for me to, to conclusively say we, we're doing a series of structured interviews um, and chart reviews. Um, you know, since, and I'm going to say, since a lot of this kind of happens behind the scene, you know, a primary care provider communicating with a specialist, uh, a lot of times patients, either they're not aware that it's happening, uh, or when you kind of explain it to them, they kind of struggle to understand the concept. You mean, I mean, because I think many people sort of think, well, that must be what happens all the time. Providers talk to each other and they work out the best way to care for me. And so sometimes when you explain, we, we think it, it's, almost, it's almost funny. We think this is this radical new concept of something called asynchronous telehealth. And what we're starting to, to see is patients either you know, aren't aware that it's happening or they kind of just assume that's the way things should happen anyway. Uh, so we're gonna continue you know, asking and, and exploring sort of patients' views on all of this. But uh, I will say uh, initially, it does, does appear to us that um, this kind of does happen behind the scenes and uh, patients don't, I mean, they, they like the fact that they get great care at their FQHC. They don't necessarily have much to say about e-consults. That's really interesting. You know, one question I, I guess I have knowing um, you know, just working with health centers and talking to health center patients, you know, trust is a big issue often um, for folks that have had negative experiences in care and visiting a new provider, um, even if it's a specialist they know that could help them might be 
scary or challenging in itself. So I could imagine there might be advantages that, again, they're not maybe observing them, but they have the benefit of retaining care with a provider they trust and a relationship they trust. So um, that seems like that could be very important for a lot of health center patients. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, you think of all the lengths that we go to uh, in FQHCs to provide appropriate care. You know, it's located in the community. I know one of our first health centers that we built where I practice was built right on the bus line intentionally so people can get there without a lot of difficulty. Whereas the academic medical center required three changes to get from the downtown area I was to the, say the cardiology office and such. So there's so many things that we do as FQHCs to provide care that's accessible, uh, that's appropriate, linguistically appropriate, culturally appropriate for patients. And to be able to receive more of your care in that environment is, is just, it's all positive from my perspective. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we can't have this conversation at this moment without talking about COVID a little bit. Um, so I'm wondering if you can just share, you know, what um, your experience in offering the service has looked like um, during COVID-19 specifically, and whether that has experience has changed your outlook or impacts how you think about consults going forward. It, it's funny. We we designed an intervention that was intended to reduce unnecessary face-to-face -face visits. Uh, which is essentially what e-consults do. So you'd think that when COVID hit, when everyone was trying to avoid face-to-face -face everything, that this would have been the best thing ever. Uh, and and to some, in, in some regard, it was. I, I think certainly what COVID did, maybe the only silver lining, is it really uh, advanced the case for non-traditional uh, telehealth and technology-based uh, care solutions like e-consults. So I think COVID-19 went a long way to winning the hearts and minds to what had been previously skeptical, skeptical providers, health systems, and patients. And we've seen an explosion of telehealth since COVID-19. There's some rebalancing now. Um, and so in, in that regard, it was positive uh, for us. And uh, we didn't have to go to such lengths to explain why somebody might want to do this. Um, the, the flip side of it, it was kind of a disaster for us as well in that uh, COVID disrupted the entire healthcare system and many primary care practices, uh, the ones that we work with, struggled even just to keep the doors open. You know, they had staff that were sick, their referral coordination team had turnover, people couldn't come in. And so the basic delivery of primary care to, for, to a certain extent came to a screeching halt, as did the e-consults that came out of this. So, uh, so we, we suffered in, in the short term kind of a drop in, in demand, in, in consult volume uh, that we're now just emerging from uh, as primary care practices are you know, kind of getting back on their feet and resuming full, full scope of care. Uh, we're finding you know, a renewed interest in, uh, in getting the consults up and going again. And in many cases, we're finding a lot of backlog. There, there's no question in my mind that there was a lot of deferred or delayed care because of COVID-19 that now seems to be coming out of the woodwork. Um, my referral team just spent the last three weeks working with one particular health center uh, out in uh, uh, the Fresno area of California, just helping them work down their backlog uh, and getting hundreds of patients who had consults they needed into a specialist for any consult review. And we're seeing that across the board now uh, as health centers really come fully back online. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and my next question, I, you've kind of touched on, I mean, health centers are under such duress with their workforce, um, you know, due to COVID, um, you know, I know what a challenge it is for health centers to think about taking on any new initiative when they're um, really just focused on retaining the, the staff they have and providing the essential care that has been long, you know, delayed for their patients. You know, when you talk to health centers about this, work now in the face of those challenges, what is kind of your, your pitch to them in terms of how this may 
impact or not impact their the workforce concerns? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I talked about the um, the the sorry challenging position of being a referral coordinator, and uh, one of the things we've heard, referral coordinator staff has been in many of our health centers a lot of turnover in positions like that, and so you know the, the example that I just gave about the health center in Fresno, we're working with that referral coordination, the, the remains of their referral coordinator t- uh, uh, staff. To, to work down their backlog and reduce the number of cases they even need to process and send out for face-to-face. And so I think there, there's definitely a positive impact on, on the workforce in most health centers since they, they, need, fewer econ- they need fewer face-to-face referrals. Um, the second thing that we talk about with primary care providers is I'll ask a provider to think when you request, um, say, a rheumatology visit or an endocrinology specialty visit, uh, you know, how much work does it take for, well, first of all, for you to manage that case while you're waiting? Uh, especially if it's something relatively acute. The patient's not going to stop calling or coming in with the symptoms that they have until they get seen. Uh, if you're facing a three, six, nine-month wait, how much work does it take for you to deal with that in the meantime? Uh, and then even if they do get a visit relatively quickly, how much work does it take for you to read their note, uh, to update your med list, uh, to update you know, the treatment plan based on what they've said? Uh, and e-consult allows you to do that in a day. You get, a, you get an answer back from a specialist right away. And in many cases, it reduces the amount of work uh, for a primary care provider. There's no question that uh, an e-consult comes back with a list of suggestions and recommendations that the primary care provider needs to implement. Uh, and some providers will you know, I think appropriately push back and say, hey, this is a little more work for me than just sending them off to a specialist and letting them deal with it essentially. Uh, but I think if you really take time to think about it, in most cases, it's, it's really, it's not more work, it's just different work. Uh, and in, in most cases, it's more efficient work that keeps the patient at the center and keeps the primary care provider as really the, uh, the manager of that case and uh, you know, avoids some of the complexity of all the back and forth communication and the challenges that you face when you're managing multiple specialists and multiple consultants. That makes a lot of sense. Um, sometimes it's just reframing how you're thinking about the work um, and, uh, you know, maybe recognizing all this work you're doing to get to some of those essentials um, and repurposing it um, in a different way that's more efficient. Um, well, I think we're, we are coming to a close here. I, I want to have two final questions. One is just, is there anything else you would want to tell our health center audience um, to encourage them to explore e-consults if they haven't done so? Um, and then the second, just as a final question, and, and this is uh, along the same lines, but kind of the advocacy they might want to uh, make with their payers or at a state policy level that would support e-consult service being available to them. Yeah, I mean, I think on the first one, what I would say is we are in the midst of really an awakening or reawakening of primary care. Um, I think for the, for the first time in my career, uh, not, not only are people saying that primary care needs to be strengthened, but policies are being written, uh, payment schemes are being developed to really make that real and uh, to put primary care in its appropriate place at the center of the healthcare uh, system, as it is in most other modern, uh, modern countries. Uh, there's plenty of evidence that uh, the, on, on how much is spent on primary care everywhere else versus how much is spent here. Um, and, you know, how much is done in primary care here versus in other, in other modern uh, healthcare systems. And so people are finally realizing that and primary care is starting to step up into that place where it belongs. And that, for me, as a primary care provider, uh, uh, since training, that's really exciting. Um, but 
if we're going to do that and to take that uh, and to, to move primary care where it needs to be, we need to take advantage of some of the new digital tools that we have to help us to do that and do it effectively. And electronically connecting with your specialty care network in your state is one really simple way to do that. If you're gonna be taking on more management of your, of your patients, if you're going to be trying to manage more within the walls of primary care, having a digital interface so that you can get advice on everything from whatever, whether it's hepatitis C treatment or, or uh, diabetes that's uncontrolled, uh, any consult is a really important tool to help your providers to do that and do it effectively. Uh, and in terms of the advocacy, you know, I, I, have, I have mixed feelings about sort of where the policy focus needs to be. Uh, on the one hand, I would say uh, many payers still don't pay for e-consult. E-consult is now a recognized as a specific CPT telehealth code. Uh, CMS has included it in its telehealth in its list of telehealth codes. It's reimbursable uh, in many cases, but many payers still do not reimburse for e-consults. And so the first immediate policy need is to uh, reach out to payers uh, that have a good chunk of your members as an FQHC, whether they're Medicaid managed care or your, your state plan or, or whomever, uh, and tell them to pay for 99451. Uh, that's the CPT code that covers the cost of a specialist providing an e-consult. And while you're at it, tell them to turn on 99452, which is the, the code that covers the time and effort for the primary care provider to submit the e-consult. So you actually can get a little reimbursement on the primary care side as well, depending on how your reimbursement model is structured. Uh, that, that's the first and most important, I think, policy need to help us today. Uh, and many of the largest me Medicaid managed care plans, the Anthem plans, uh, Fentine's plans across the country have already done that, but there's many others that haven't. Uh, and I think the, the second sort of policy need though, uh, you know, adopting a fee-for-service payment code to cover this is kind of a, uh, an old fashioned way of approaching this. It's, it's the fee-for-service model that we're trying to move away from. So uh, I think the more exciting uh, policy change is you know, all of the states that have different waiver programs uh, and you know, all of the places where, as I mentioned before, advanced payment models are coming into play. Those models that reimburse health centers for the quality of care that they provide, for the efficiency of care that they provide, uh, they don't need a fee-for-service code for e-consult. If you're building that primary care system to be as efficient and effective as possible, e-consult will be one of the first things you'll wanna plug in because it will help you to provide high value, effective, uh, efficient care quickly. And so I think that the larger policy change towards adopting these advanced payment models will make fee-for-service codes hopefully someday irrelevant uh, and make things like e-consult just become a normal part of the way we do our business as primary care providers. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Anderson, for sharing your story, the story of ConfirmMed, and all you are doing to kind of innovate and improve access for health center patients. We really appreciate having you as a guest here at the High Tech Center, and we look forward to seeing where you guys take your work. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. So anyone who's interested in learning more about e-consults in general, uh, any of the research that we've done on uh, FQHCs and Medicaid, or anyone who wants to learn more about ConfirmMed, please uh, feel free to check out our website, uh, www.confirmed.com. And there's a contact information there where you can reach out to me or anyone on our staff, and we'd be happy to, to talk with you and to discuss e-consults further. 
The HITECH Center is a HRSA Bureau of Primary Healthcare funded national training and TA partner, or NTAP. We thank HRSA for this funding and our team at JSI and Westat for their work supporting health centers to better utilize health IT and EHRs to be data-driven organizations that provide comprehensive, high-quality, and well-documented care. For more information and resources, please visit www.hitechcenter.org. That's www.hitechcenter.org.